human beings, not human doings, not human havings, human beings. In life, if we're not aware of where we are currently, it's really hard to coach others. Mm -hmm. It seems to me this idea of be, do, have is far easier to accept when you're older and richer. Oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Consultant of the Coach podcast. We are here for leaders who seek to just really rock and roll with their business That's and help right. them out from a consulting standpoint, from a growth coaching standpoint. We are here to help out because leaders are stuck in complex, fast-paced environments, and frequently they just lack tools and they need help. So yep. we are here to help. That's right. So today's podcast is on what? Life application. Of Whole Staps. Yeah. Whole, whole Sapple's book. Whole Sapple. Profit with Presence, That's right. which is a book on mindfulness in in the business. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about what does it look like to be mindful, not only in our businesses that we run or manage, but also in our personal life as well. Yeah. If you happen to be hitting this one first off, just as a reminder of our approach, we do interview when we can, and then either way, a book review, business, business application, life application. So if you're hitting this for the first time, this is life application. Right, so go back and check out the other ones because as people in business, Christians, as for us in terms of talking about our faith, especially people of faith, people of running businesses, life is important to us, but it also interconnects to the others. So if you're just hearing this one straight off, there's mm -hmm. a lot of other stuff we talked about, and and they all do connect. And Absolutely. part of the, when I'm coaching someone, people mm -hmm. typically don't come to me and say, "Hey, Eric, I'm doing amazing. I need coaching." It's usually right. I'm in the middle of a crisis, or mm -hmm. something blew up, or I am burnt out. Mm -hmm. And what's fascinating is one's personal life directly corresponds with how well they're doing in the business and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it's not just one or the other. So this is why we have business application as well as life application. Mm -hmm. So this is life application of Whole Sapple's book. Uh, what what scripture verse did you have for our devotion this morning, Josh? You know, the week we're recording this is Ash Wednesday. I almost changed our scripture, by the way, because of the fact that Ash Wednesday is so helpful in terms of thinking about the emotions of mourning and loss and the walk to Easter before we get there, thinking mm -hmm. about our sin and our need for repentance. I didn't change that as much as I wanted to go with the whole uh, rend your hearts and not your garments. We can talk about that another time, but it's an important uh, perspective. But the ones I did pick, I stuck with these, is in Genesis, it's kind of a two-part, I think, for us today. You know, there's this idea of Genesis 1.27, God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. So we, humanity, represent God's, God's image in terms of how we think about that, as well as then in um, 2.7, the Lord God formed man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And, and the reason I picked those was um, as we think about this book, Prophet with Presence, which is not written from a Christian perspective, I think it's important to remember this two-part play that we are both created in God's image and the breath we do have comes from God. And the reason we talk about that is because um, in every circumstance we are to give thanks. In every breath we are to glorify God. And so it's not just about breath for the purpose of finding space between thoughts, which is helpful, right? That's kind of the main thrust of, of many aspects of the book, mindfulness, right? And then how do you apply that to the profitability of a business? Um, but I would encourage folks to, again, go back to your basic core understanding of who you are, who God's made you to be. Think about the fact that God's image is in us, um, even if it's a, a mired, broken image because of sin. Um, and think about, obviously, your breath being not just something for yourself, but something that comes as a gift. Right? 
So mm-hmm. just wanted to remind folks we're thinking about these things, wrestling with these topics, how to apply them to our businesses. There's there's very real you know scriptural applications uh, for many of these things. They're not new. Now, one of the things that I find fascinating is you know coming out of COVID the last couple of years, there was a large swath of society that was just flat out burnt out. I, mm-hmm. The number of times I heard people mm-hmm. say, "I'm tired," "I'm burned out," mm-hmm. "I'm." They were at their wit's end. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of employees. They just quit. Did they go to a better company? No, they just quit Mm -hmm. and just stopped working. They were so doggone burnt out. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens, I was reflecting, you know, you mentioned Lent. But let's think of the, you know, the different seasons. Jesus knew, you know, what was Jesus doing the first 30 years of his life? He was just, he was getting ready for another season. One mm-hmm. of the things that helps, and I'm going to try, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use the term mindful, but I wouldn't necessarily, Jesus was mindful. He was very intentional. He knew what he was doing. He mm-hmm. knew he was going into a season. And he would, and when we're intentional and also understand the seasons that we're in, it helps our life as well as our business. Number of new businesses that you've consulted with, if they're starting from the ground up, you're not going to say, hey, you're going to work four hours a day and this business is going to be rocking and rolling. You're like, no, we need to up our game and we're going to work our tails off to get this business off the ground, which is different, I would assume, than if you consult with a business like mine going on 19, 20 years everything's already going and you take a different approach. How can we be mindful to the seasons of life that we're in? Yeah, no, I think um, seasons is a great way to think about it, right? Because you can, I think whatever the season is, it may impact, you know, how it sort of comes to your, um, your out and talk about the, uh, I think it was the the life of the, excuse me, the book review, outer, outer purpose. Mm -hmm. The outer purpose, right. Is something that should, mold and shift with the seasons but that doesn't mean your inner purpose or your inner identity of who God's made you to be that image of God we just talked about right that does not change right so I think the thing to keep in mind with seasons is yes a business season may change a life season may change but there are core fundamental truths that you can hold to in your faith that tell you who you are and how um how you can rely on that, right? That there's a lot of scripture that reminds us God is our refuge, God is our strength, God is our rock, God is, there's many good analogies for that. I think the reason for that is because God knows the world we live in changes constantly, but God is never changing, mm-hmm. right? He also calls us sheep, which is not a compliment. No. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, hey, I'm giving you these rhythms. Right. I'm asking you to meditate mm-hmm. on who I say that Josh is, Eric is, who our listeners are. Yeah. But he's telling us, hey, I'm reminding you, you need to go in this direction. Yeah. And, and sometimes and, those seasons are a good things. Scripture talks oh, about absolutely. the seasons. Because of the fact that we are not, we are finite, we are changing. Mm-hmm. There is, there are, we should embrace the seasons aren't bad. But there's a both and to both the outer seasons, but then the inner identity, right? And, and that formation that occurs. So Whole Sapple's book, Profit with Presence, mm-hmm. uh, he has 12 pillars mm-hmm. in the book, which as we're talking life application, which of those pillars stands out to you as we're applying this to our life? Not necessarily our business, but our mm-hmm. personal lives. Yeah, I would think the one to me that we sort of put on hold for the book review is this idea of pillar four, be, do, have. Right, and he talked a lot about how our culture today, which I completely agree with, is um, completely uh, focused on the have. I think it's the, well, the do have be 
mm-hmm. right? And it's the order of those, which I appreciated um, because, you know, and this is no offense to anyone in the finance industry, but let's be honest, there's an entire retirement industry that's built on this idea of do, have, and be when you're 65 yeah. or be when you're 60. Or if you're really, really fortunate, be when you're 55, right? But then, you know, your, your life's It's all about, oh, it's over. very American. It's half, half, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's really unhealthy. The, more, the longer I've ruminated on this and thought about it and, and, and wrestled with it. But um, I like that, you know, we talk, so I think we're going to talk about this idea of, from a faith perspective, you know, this idea of be, do, have. And you don't even need to, need to have. I think the more important thing is to be. Be fully present and confident in who God made you to be. Mm-hmm. And then walk out to do the things of life, do the things of mission that God's called you to be. Some of that's going to be in business. More of that's going to be in your family, in your community, in your church, um, service. And some of that, you know, that, and that kind of gets played out in your business, of course, as well. Um, but uh, I think that kind of reorientation is, is worth spending some time with from a life perspective. Who you are. Like we always like to say, you know, we're human beings, not human doings, not human havings, mm-hmm. human beings. Now, we have the luxury in the United States, and if you, if you have a great business idea, we can make quite a bit of money. But that's still scripture speaking. That's I don't see that in scripture. It's all about being and doing. Mm-hmm. That's why my personal mission statement: glorify God and enjoy Him. Yeah. So here's here's the question though that I, yeah. that I didn't again. Lots of things we didn't get a chance to ask him in the in the interview. Maybe you can opine on this a bit. It seems to me this idea of be do have is far easier to accept when you're older and richer. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Right, like the more I mean, I found the more resources I have, the more I've done having. Whether I should have prioritized it or not, the easier it is to say, "Oh yeah, I want to be," because I've got all this protection, yeah. right, financially. And how would you say you're coaching someone in their twenties and thirties who is wrestling with this idea, mm-hmm. right? Because we've talked to people about this, right? They, I mean, I've talked to people about this in their twenties and thirties. They 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 like to be. They realize what they're doing and running and running the rat race isn't always that fulfilling. They're sort of doing the having with the hope of being, and they want to kind of accelerate the, the, the to reach the being part. But obviously, if you don't have those resources, how do you help people, you know, without that in a coaching perspective, learn earlier in life, earlier than you and I maybe learn to do it, how to be more content and, and be? I think the younger generation today is actually pretty good at that. Really? They understand okay. being and doing if they are mindful. Okay. Because they understand life isn't just about making money and getting your thingy, whatever whatever it happens to be, a car or this or this or this. I think as I talk to my kids and their friends, it's very much more about the experience and the being and doing. Hmm. But I think the problem is we don't want to put it out of perspective. Hmm. So as I'm coaching someone... I'm always going back to what is your personal mission? What is your personal mission? And then our vision and plan should come out from that. Mm -hmm. So it's not A or B, but we start with, as Christians, what is our relationship with God? Mm -hmm. And then community, it should come out from there. Mm -hmm. But there's no guarantee what tomorrow is going to bring. There's lots of, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. I mean, God will provide for us. Now, what provide means is another question. Right. (laughs) But I, it really does start with today, and even from a coaching perspective, what are we doing this hour? How do we glorify God in this hour? Yeah. 
Well, another thing I want to kind of draw a connection to in the book, though, I think there's a danger. So there's certain, certainly some dangers in this book, more so, I think, than others, because of its, its sort of, in some pockets of the book, radical departure from faith. So I think this mm-hmm. we do have is, is pretty closely aligned. But there's also this comment he made in Chapter 2 that I just want to make sure folks, if they're reading it, are not, you know, it's like in a song, right, when you hear a questionable set of lyrics, Right, and it's easy to sort of go past those lyrics, but then if you actually stop and you think about those lyrics, you go, mm-hmm. "Maybe I shouldn't Did be listening I to this. Should I, should I be listening to this song? Right? Yeah. Should I be singing this song?" Yeah. And he said, um, "Transformation means the only thing that's permanent in your is your state of mind, until you say otherwise." Yeah. And I, I got real. I got. I didn't get upset, but I was like, underlying, like, "We got to talk about this, right?" Like, because I, I couldn't disagree more with that statement. Well, let me ask you. So he said, what really matters is your state of mind. Mm-hmm. Scripture, what would God say? Yeah. I mean, I think scripture, scripturally, state, state of mind is something that we talk, it talks a lot about, you know, where, where do you find your strength? Where do you find your authority? Where do you find, um, what do you, upon what do you meditate? Even going back to Psalm 46, be mm-hmm. still and know that I am. I'm God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, so if we uh, were to be still be and be thinking nothing about money that we're making, mm-hmm. well, we've just it doesn't. We just miss the boat. Mm-hmm. It's about being still and knowing that I am God. Mm-hmm. God the Father is God. So it's right. understanding where are we oriented in the process. Yeah. I think the other thing is is the um, the permanency point, point is what I think threw me off. Right. It's just the idea that. It's not our state of mind that's permanent. In fact, we are mm-hmm. not permanent beings. So that's that's just a fallacy from a theological perspective. But then I think the other part that I was concerned about was um, until you say otherwise, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and like, well, well, it sort of plays to this individualistic American culture. You have full control. Which we don't. Which, which, which we don't. <laughs> which we don't, first of all. And, and second of all, if, you, if you're listening to this, just be guarded that that makes its way into our churches and it makes mm-hmm. its way into our theology and it's very dangerous. Um but I think it's also concerning in terms of values and how we understand theology and truth. And um, it, we have to be very careful with statements like that. Not be, I mean, he can say it all he wants. Um, but in terms of how we apply these, some of these things to life and faith, you know, I think it's, this is why I think earlier in the, um, one of the earlier podcasts on this, I had said, you know, it's interesting he says that you should do your job, like, you know, take care of your family and your stuff. Well, why would you? I mean, if, if my state of mind all of a sudden, I woke up tomorrow and decided, nah, I want to go to Mexico. Mm-hmm. All right, like, yeah. what's stopping me in terms of, in terms of just what, what, why would my commitments to my family have me just stick around? Right. I mean, so there's some concerns I have yeah, there from a morality and an ethical application. I have over if you throw in combination of like U.S. based workers, and then I also have workers in the Philippines, close to about eighty if you combine both sets of employees. But I had an employee a couple of years ago. Uh, this this employee was going through a very difficult season, and I knew it. And she had talked to me about it, and she's like, "I'm I'm going to counseling." And I kind of followed up with her a couple months later. I said, "Tell me, how is that going?" She goes, "Oh, it's doing so much better. I just need to focus on me, and it's all about me and getting better." And and I I had a general idea where she was going with that, but I ran into her a couple months ago, and let's just put it this way. It's not turning out all that well because it was all about her. It was, I'm going to do this for myself. And, and so a lot of the times, and here's the Christian um, irony, 
is it's funny how God's made us to glorify him, Mm -hmm. to love others. Mm -hmm. And then I see sometimes if we have the wrong worldview, what will happen is it's all about me, 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 me. And we think we're taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We, in fact, damn ourselves. Right, right. Yeah, no, you get focused on the wrong things. You idolize yourself. We we put ourselves from a place of self-care to Mm self-idolization, right? That's... That's the danger, absolutely. Yeah. And so we, need, and this is, God's like, hey, I gave you gave you sixty six books in Scripture. He points us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Read the Psalms, read the Proverbs, read the Gospels, read first five books of Scripture. It's really, you know, the Lord our God, our God is one. We know where we're going, what that looks like. Yeah, and as we express that, I think one of the things I also want to talk about and love to get your thoughts on is, is the, and we talked about this a little bit last time, especially, the, and we talked a little bit about the beginning of this with Scripture. This this week for us recording is Ash Wednesday, the beginning mm-hmm. of the Lent season, this season of wrestling with painful, difficult emotions, right? Oh, yeah. Is I, I was sort of struck by, and again, didn't get a chance to ask about, but struck by the complete sort of glossing over of these emotions of sadness and anger and mm. the output of things in life like tragedy, either man-made tragedy, natural disasters. Um, I read a lot about meditation, gratitude, journaling to maintain a quote-unquote positive mindset, which is great. I think there's an element there. It's important. But in my experience, life comes with mourning and tragedy and sadness and loss. And so a reminder of God's world is still in need of redemption. So... We must learn to embrace these, and what I would say, um, don't treat, um, <laughs> don't try to medicate, <laughs> or oh, no. you mm-hmm. know, don't try to don't try to turn meditation into some kind of medication, or what I would say, marijuana, <laughs> meditation, medication, marijuana, um, to avoid our negative feelings, right? Absolutely. Because I think there's a there's a danger of how um, we can try to dampen. Very real emotions, right? Even Jesus said, blessed is is, they, is he that mourns, right? For they'll be comforted, mm-hmm. right? There's plenty of scriptures that talk about dust and ashes, from dust we come, from dust we shall return. There's plenty of scriptures that talk about the, 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 the wrestling and the pain of our recognizing our sin that we must go through, right? This idea of getting away from ourselves. And I think that while there's a lot of great feedback in this book about some of those positive mindset emotions let's not completely numb ourselves to the rest of life's emotions that are good mm-hmm. when applied correctly and we need to be aware of all emotions absolutely every single emotion that god has given i mean we are to partake in 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 in, in its right period in time mm-hmm. and what i have found in coaching is when someone says, okay, I'm not going to do anger or I'm not going to do sadness or they'll pick certain emotions. Right, to just put it. And what I have found happens is when someone says, I'm not going to do this specific emotion because I don't like it, it's almost like ignoring skin cancer Mm -hmm. or ignoring a Mm -hmm. polyp or something like that. Well, what happens is it then expands in a very bad way. Mm -hmm. Now, this is one of the, I, I practice what I preach. So for the next Four days. I'm I'm flying down to California for the sake of going through, uh, and I do this at least once a year. Going through process groups where mm-hmm. I process my own emotions mm-hmm. in a very safe group. But I, the reason why I do that is so I can coach others. Yeah. Because what happens is in in life, if we're not aware of where we are currently, it's really hard to coach others. Mm-hmm. 
and we have to know where we're at. And this is why Jesus, Jesus was God and he got away. He dealt with all of his stuff and he was perfect. Yeah. Well, and it's sort of an extreme example of what we're talking about. I think I mentioned this to you was I used to have a, a guy in a, a small group, a men's group that I was in. And he wasn't into meditation, but he was sort of rediscovering his faith and realized that he had been um, using marijuana daily for over 20 years mm-hmm. to numb his feelings. Yeah. Right? So he was, he was positive mindset. And he you've was told me this story happy. several times. What happened when he yeah. stopped? When he stopped, he had to go through counseling. He had anxiety. He had all these things, not because they were bad. Because he had spent so long ignoring a whole negative emotional set, right, with drugs. Um, <laughs> and I think that the danger is, and while I'm not saying anything bad, I mean, obviously, Scripture says positively about meditation. But if we use things like meditation to completely, like, cut off mm-hmm. a whole section of our human emotional set... The danger is we're going to find ourselves completely unable to deal with life's real challenges when those negative emotions get real strong, mm-hmm. right? And they will from time and to they time. They will from time to time. And so I think there's some positive things there, but I think just, again, a caution for, you know, how do you, how are you trying to sort of use these things to run away from certain, med- you know, emotions? And I would just caution against that. Yeah. So And, and it, God's made us, I'm so pro-church. And when I say I'm pro-church, God has made us for community. Mm-hmm. And when I say I'm not talking, you know, the church as we see it in Scripture, it's a, it's a body of believers coming together to share in the burdens of one another and celebrations at the same time. Mm-hmm. And what drives me nuts about certain churches is like, hey, come here, but we can't talk about problems. I have lots of problems. <laughs> You're not going to fit in that they church for a while. They are to come in. They are to come inside a church. Now, mm-hmm. if your church is not a safe place or you don't have a church, there are lots of great places. This is the can be the role of coaching, role of counseling groups such as uh, AA and other groups as well too. Come to a place where you can share and come as you are. Yeah. But that's how God's designed us. Jesus came to heal the sick. They, he and did. So if you can't show up with your ailments, you better find a different place. Absolutely, because we're designed to heal that way. The number of times, you know, hey, read this book and you'll get better. What you read in the books will help, but it's through community that mm-hmm. God has made us. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot in this book. Excellent. With oh, presence. yeah. No, there's a lot here. So Obviously, the last three podcasts, we haven't said take it all, hook, line, and sinker. Right. But there have been good from. parts in this book, and yeah. I like the idea of mindfulness. I'm going to I'm going to pull and push people towards meditation instead of mindfulness but hey where are we going in our uh you know how we take care of our life yeah what that looks like that's right and now and next we have another book coming up mm-hmm. so what tell us more about that book the new book it's one of those things josh josh picked out the last two books which i love but <laughs> cheapers. i love but but Josh, what did you do? It was a pregnant pause. Yeah, but where we're going, hey, our next book is, uh, is Craig Rochelle's new book. And uh, so he is a, he's the lead pastor of Life Church, which is one of the largest churches in the United States. So we're going to say, hey, let's take a look at a Christian perspective of someone who, hey, he's like, hey, uh, so it's, it's his new book on change. Yep. And what does that look like? Absolutely. And we'll, Sounds good. hey, we'll see. What, what does it look like from a Christian perspective? Does he go where... We think Christian, uh, where uh, Scripture leads us, yep. uh, we'll find out. Yep. Uh, 
good or bad, but that's uh, coming up next. Yeah, we'll be I think probably around the first of April or so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, but hey, in the meantime. Go to theconsultantandthecoach.com. Reach out to Josh for your consulting needs. Hey, if you need help, growth coaching, executive coaching, I'd love to walk with you along the journey as well too. In the meantime, whether you're listening to this on YouTube or TikTok or you name it, leave us a five-star review and uh, or write down, hey, you guys should have addressed this or that. That really also helps other people find the podcast. But until then, hey, we'll see you guys next week. Take care.